Welcome to Outdoors Radio with Dan Small, your source for the latest hunting and fishing information. Brought to you by LakeLink, your online fishing resource at lake-link.com. Outdoors Radio is also brought to you by Ducks Unlimited. Find out more about their upcoming Ducks Expo at duckexpo.com. That's duckexpo.com. I'm Dan Small. Today, Henry Boucher gives us a preview of the Milwaukee Boat Show coming to State Fair Park January 20th. And we'll talk with D.A. Galloway about the second book in his Frontier Time Traveler series, Fatal Ground. All that and more coming up on Outdoors Radio, so stay right there. It's time now for Madison Outdoors. You hear this feature every week at this time on WTSO 1070 AM and anytime at all on our podcast on LakeLink, iHeartRadio, or wherever you get your podcasts. And joining us again is Pat Hasberg. He's the proprietor of DNS Bait Tackle and Fly Shop on Madison's northeast side. His website is dsbait.com. And on Facebook, DS Bait and Tackle is where you find him. And that's where he posts, along with other locations, his weekly fishing report. Well, Pat, welcome back. Thanks for joining us, and Happy New Year. Hey, Happy New Year to you too, Dan. Uh, pleasure to be here. Always a pleasure. Now, where do you post your fishing report? It's on your Facebook page. Yeah, we put it on our Facebook page, our Instagram, YouTube. We post it on our website, and then we also do the good old-fashioned phone report that Gene did for many, many years here. And you were on TV recently. WKOW had you on for a special on ice conditions and ice fishing. I'll bet that was fun. Yeah, it was great, and the point of that interview was to have perspective of somebody that really has their ear to the ground as far as local reports go, and I guess I fit that bill. I, you know, being a little new to the bait shop game here, I, I feel like the term expert is something I'm still getting used to, but it went great, and yeah, it's nice to be recognized for stuff like that. Yeah, ear to the ground and nose to the ice, as it were. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so you say in that report... And there's some video of people walking very carefully on the ice. The ice is finally fishable in many areas, apparently. That's right. We've got a lot of great ice around town still, despite the rain that we've had here on the north side on Cherokee Marsh. We've had ice there since before Thanksgiving, and that ice remains at about 8, 9 inches or so, depending on who you talk to. Other areas around town, Warner Bay, right over here on Lake Mendota, has a good 5 inches on it yet. Monona Bay, downtown there, a very popular spot. I've heard they've still got 5 or 6 inches down there, so the ice is holding up pretty well. Rain doesn't actually hurt the ice as much as folks might think it would. It's really something more you'd have to watch out for in areas where you'd have like a storm sewer outfall or something where there's there's a little bit of current that can deteriorate the ice. But I, I think the ice has held up pretty well, and I feel like them backing off the doom and gloom temperature forecast of 40s and 50s this week, they, they've kind of backed off that. And it looks like we're going to be back into some cool temps here in just a couple of days. So I'm optimistic it'll hold up well. Which is good for ice fishing, of course. And your fishing report indicates that people are catching fish. Why don't we go around the lake, starting with the big one, Mendota? Marsh is connected to Mendota and is considered Mendota as far as regulations go. They've been getting some great bluegills up there and a lot of good tip-up action for pike and largemouth bass. Down on Mendota Lake, the lake proper, they've been getting some pike in Warner Bay over here. Some of the smaller inlets, Marshall Park and Spring Harbor, I've been hearing about some fish in those areas. University Bay, I 
haven't heard much specifically there, but that's always a great spot to check out. The University shoreline has also been good. So they're getting fish mostly in shallow areas around on Lake Mendota. The, the deep water is, is, a, is an area you're going to want to avoid. I do hear about people venturing out there, but that's definitely not something I would recommend right now. Not yet, anyway. How about Monona? Monona has been actually pretty great uh, for the walleye action over there has been fantastic. I've been getting a lot of good fish in shallow areas around the lake. You know, I've fished here for 25 years and I don't really remember a walleye bite as good as what I've been seeing recently. Uh, a lot of those shallow areas include uh, Old Brick on the north end. Uh, the whole city shoreline's been good down along John Nolan Drive on the south end of the lake. And Turville and Squaw Bay, too, have both been producing walleyes. A lot of that shallow water that has decent ice, there's been anywhere from four to six inches in a lot of those areas that I've mentioned, and they're getting some good walleyes. Uh, of course, I mentioned earlier, Monona Bay, great early season panfish area, so they've been doing well on panfish there. That's really more of a numbers game over there. So you got to do some sorting through smaller fish to find some keepers, but uh, they've even been getting walleyes in Monona Bay. The walleyes are up shallow for whatever reason this year. Now, is the size limit the same on Monona as it is on Mendota, 18 inches? Nope, it's the normal statewide uh, size limit of 15. So, and I believe it's five, five 15 and five, five fish you can keep over there. Mendota's 18 and three. Right, right. So you can actually, if you get into walleyes, you can have the uh, at least the possibility of bringing home enough for a fish fry. Definitely, and you know the size on that. Um, on Monona, from what I've been hearing, is well above those keeper. I've been hearing fish in the mid and even upper 20s uh, coming out of there fairly regular. So for whatever reason, the walleye action over there has been pretty great lately. Nice. Well, how about Wabisa? Wabisa is it's definitely covered with ice, and guys have been running four-wheelers out there. But, of course, be careful out there. They've been getting some bluegills on the south end of the lake, uh, and that's in the south bay down there. And the walleye action has been a little lighter from what you usually might expect on Wabisa, but around the Babcock Park area and Hog Island have been producing some fish. Also, uh, Upper Mud Lake there on Lake Wabisa, which is attached just north of Wabisa, uh, in the dredge hole over there has been producing some good panfish and some good action on tip-ups. And is there access there, or have you got to go in from Babcock or somewhere else? There is access. The county purchased a small parcel of land off Terminal Drive. So if you're familiar with the area, there's some large petroleum processing facility there, so some large white tanks you'll see just off Stilton Road. So it's called Terminal Drive, and then there's a parking lot that the county has. You have to pay to park there, the normal uh, boat launch access, but they have a kiosk, which is really handy. You can just swipe a card and buy a day pass or your annual pass right there. you got to walk down a path that might even be a half mile uh, path to get to the water, but it's nice to have that access because before there was trespassing issues and uh, the county took care of that. Yeah, that's why I asked. I know some of yep. those uh, good spots, you know, are only good if you can get to them, and, and uh, that's that's uh, a problem that's been solved. That's great. Well, let's move on down the chain to Kiganza. What do you hear from there? Well, uh, Kiganza remains uh, Kiganza. It's, it's, it's <laughs> the it's puzzle, place, right? <laughs> but, yeah, it's a puzzler. When it's on, it's on, and when it's off, it can be off for quite a while. Well, from what I hear, they have plenty of good ice out there. Last I heard was a solid eight inches. You guys are running four-wheelers all over that lake. I have heard a few reports of some gills in shallow weeds, but they are few and far between. Kiganza is mostly known for a good perch bite out in the main lake, lake yep. basin, and folks have been out there chasing those fish around. I haven't heard a lot 
of great reports. They are finding some fish, but it's, again, kind of few and far between. They're finding them. It's just you got to look for them for a while. All right. Any events coming up that you're aware of? Well, we've got a whole bunch of fisheries and events like that. I know the Yahara Fishing Club has free kids fishing day on Monona Bay during the free fishing weekend that the DNR has. I've got a bunch of posters up on on the windows here for different fisheries around the area, but, uh, you know, that type of time of year. And and those fisheries are, you know, maybe it's not the best uh, best for solitude, but, uh, you know, it's a good time to get out and, and be a part of the ice fishing community. So they're usually a pretty great time. Absolutely. And your hours there? We're open 6 to 6 every day, except Sunday we close at 5. Okay. And you've got bait, I presume? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we've got bait. We've got crappie minnows, walleye minnows, all sizes of shiners, uh, small suckers, blacktail chubs, spikes, waxies, everything you need to get out on the ice. All right. Well, I'm doing a quick check online. Free, free fishing weekend this year is January 21st through 22nd. That Free Kids event is a great event uh, that the Yahara Fishing Club puts on. Yahara Fishing Club, a fantastic group that's done a lot for fishing in Madison. You can take a kid down there and, and you, you walk away with a, a free rod, and they have food there for people that attend and instruction on how to get started ice fishing. So if, you, if you're looking to get into ice fishing or get a kid into ice fishing, that's a really great opportunity. And you've got more information if people want to stop in and ask you or check your website. Absolutely, and I'll be also promoting that on my weekly fishing reports when we get a little closer to that date. Here. Very good. So, Well, Pat, thanks so much, and uh, let's hope the ice holds up so people can enjoy it now that we've got some ice there. And we'll talk to you again soon. Thanks so much, Dan. Always a pleasure. You bet. Pat Hasberg, proprietor of DNS Bait Tackle and Fly Shop on Madison's northeast side. His website, dsbait.com, and on Facebook, dsbait and tackle. I'm Dan Small. You are listening to Outdoors Radio. Enjoy the ultimate shooting experience at the Range of Richfield, your one-stop shop for all shooters. Just north of the Richfield Cabela's store on Helson Drive, the Range of Richfield offers 12 state-of-the-art 25-yard indoor shooting lanes for all pistol and common rifle loads. Classes in home defense, basic handgun and concealed carry, a retail shop, trophy mount display, and more in a welcoming, family-friendly setting. Open daily except Monday to the public and members. Your ultimate shooting experience, therangewi.com. If you're ever in a motor vehicle accident, call Hupe and Abraham, named Best Personal Injury Law Firm by the Wisconsin Law Journal, year after year. The firm of Hupe and Abraham has collected more than a billion dollars for its clients. In fact, they collect millions of dollars every month for hundreds of satisfied clients. Call the firm Voted Best and Rated Best, Hupe and Abraham, 800-800-5678, or visit Hupe.com. And all 11 offices of Hupe and Abraham are open for business. And as we've been announcing, the firm of Hupe and Abraham has paid thousands of dollars in rewards to help solve crimes in the Milwaukee area. And Michael Hupe is the president of Milwaukee Crime Stoppers. He will pay a $25,000 reward for the next anonymous tip that solves a homicide case. So if you've got a tip on an unsolved homicide case, visit MilwaukeeCrimestoppers.com. Well, joining me once again from Wisconsin Rapids, I think we can call you Hardwater Jeff now. <laughs> At the Waters firm pretty much around the state. Jeff Kelm, yeah. how you doing? I'm all right, Dan. I'm all right. 
Well, good. I bet you've been ice fishing. Yep, I've gotten out a few times now. I uh, have had the opportunity to chase some panfish around uh, central Wisconsin. And, um, you know, I was I was talking to a, a friend of mine uh, just the other day. We we're talking about the bite lately. And, you know, there's always going to be some places that the bite is better than others. But uh, uh, my buddy Todd Forsier and I have gone to a few places now that we've, we have a lot of confidence in. You know, we want to just stretch a line. Kind of make sure, you know, just do a rundown of equipment. And now we've really struggled for a great bite. I don't know necessarily what, you know, equates to that or, or the, the real solution to it. We've just spent a lot of time drilling holes and a lot of time looking at cameras and the live imaging. And, uh, in, in one particular place, it wasn't really the bite. It was the, the fish we were looking for. I've talked about it quite a bit where, I'm willing to leave fish to find fish if they're not the fish I want to go catch. I'm not just out to just catch fish. I want to catch specific sizes, and so I'll keep looking for fish. And that that took us on quite the adventure over the course of the last few trips. And uh, it, I'm I'm thinking things will even out as we maybe get a little bit more of a solid weather pattern. We have had these, you know, great big highs and lows and weather fronts coming in, but it has made it a little bit more challenging to find the consistent bite we're used to. Well, and that doesn't sound like something that would really interest your son, Robert. He's more of an action guy, and uh, I don't see him jogging around to different lakes with you guys. No, you know, my son, Robert, loves hunting, absolutely adores hunting. Fishing is like, doesn't mind it in the summertime, ice fishing, Nah, he's 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 openly said to me, Dad, I really don't like ice fishing. <laughs> so, <laughs> okay, that's pretty clear. I've had him out a couple times, you know. We've, uh, I think he would go if like a friend of his. We've got some mutual friends that that we can kind of go together, and I think he would come out just to you know go play on the ice or something. But it's just definitely not his thing. I I, I don't know that I'll grow up with a ton of stories of well, Robert and I were on the ice type, you know, to start that way. Yeah, I hear you. My son John did go with me a few times when he was uh, Robert's age, and the one time we had a mishap, and uh, the ice broke up, and we were on an ice floe that floated away for a few minutes. We managed to get off okay with no serious uh, harm. Nobody got hurt on that uh, trip, and another time we actually put a friend's vehicle through the ice on the bottom of Lake Superior. I have talked about that in past shows. And that kind of sealed the deal for him for a while. I think it was about 10 years before he got back out there. And then he wrote a story about it and talked about plunging his auger into the uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. frozen heart of Lake Superior. That's kind of the way he felt about it. So I, I get it. Don't don't push him on it. <laughs> no, no. He'll come around maybe someday. Maybe. Yeah. All right. Well, I've been working on... A new video with Dave Roll for the Wisconsin chapter of the National Wild Turkey Federation. Their chapter is 45 years old this year, and um, the National uh, Federation is 50 years old. So we're going to have this video ready to debut at the state convention in Warrens on February 3rd. Anyone interested in wild turkeys and maybe coming to that convention and seeing that video, which is where it will be shown for the first time, check out nwtf-wi.com for details. Well, folks, we've got several four-packs of tickets to the Milwaukee Boat Show at State Fair Park to give away this week. 
The show starts on January 20th. To enter the drawing, call 414-297-7554 or email dsoradio at gmail.com. Leave your name and number and mention the Boat Show ticket giveaway. Uh, and if you're emailing us, make sure, well, we'll have your email address. Well, coming up, speaking of Milwaukee Boat Show, producer Henry Boucher gives us a preview of this year's show. It starts on the 20th at State Fair Park, and we'll talk with author D.A. Galloway about his new book in the Frontier Time Traveler series, Fatal Ground. All that and more straight ahead on Outdoors Radio. Clam Outdoors has what ice anglers need for ice fishing this winter. From portable fish traps and pop-up hub shelters to ice armor by Clam Outerwear and cold weather gear to stay warm on those cold winter days. Along with a wide array of accessories, Clam Pro Tackle, Frost Ice Line, Rods, Reels, and Combos, and so much more. Whether you're a hardcore or casual ice angler, Clam has what you need for ice fishing. Check out the full line of ice fishing gear at ClamOutdoors.com. Sun, 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 fun, 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 sun, 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 every kind of boat under the sun. That boat show music is back, and so is Wisconsin's largest boat show. Everything from family runabouts, ski and surf boats, fishing boats, luxury pontoons, and more Great Lakes cruisers and motor yachts. We have the boats. Shop for skis, boards, and tubes at the Tubers Truckload Sale. Check MilwaukeeBoatShow.com, January 20 through 29, State Fair Park. Enjoy the ultimate shooting experience at the Range of Richfield, your one-stop shop for all shooters. Just north of the Richfield Cabela's store on Helson Drive, the Range of Richfield offers 12 state-of-the-art 25-yard indoor shooting lanes for all pistol and common rifle loads. Classes in home defense, basic handgun and concealed carry, a retail shop, trophy mount display, and more in a welcoming, family-friendly setting. Open daily except Monday to the public and members. Your ultimate shooting experience, therangewi.com. Have more success on the ice with the LiveScope Plus Ice Fishing Bundle LI from Garmin. Drill fewer holes, catch more fish. This portable live sonar bundle comes with the LiveScope Plus system, EchoMap UHD 93SV display, and a lithium battery. All packaged in a case making hole hopping a breeze. LiveScope Plus helps you find more fish with improved resolution, reduced noise, clearer images, and better target separation. Fill your freezer with fillets with help from Garmin. Visit Garmin.com or shop your local Garmin dealer today. Welcome back to Outdoors Radio with Dan Small. Thanks for joining us on Outdoors Radio. I'm Dan Small. Joining me now is D.A. Galloway. He's the author of two novels so far in the Frontier Time Traveler series. We talked to him last year about his first novel, Burning Ground, and I really liked that book. And now his second novel in the series is out, Fatal Ground is the title. And there's another book in the works, and we'll ask him about that in a few minutes. But he joins us now. David, welcome back to Outdoors Radio, and thanks for joining us again. Hi, Dan. Great to be with you. And Happy New Year to you. When people listen to this, it will be 2023. Hard to believe. Yes, it is. Time surely flies. Time does fly, and time is such a big factor in the stories that you have written. 2022 was a busy year for you, your second novel in two years. How are those books selling? It's really been very gratifying. 
gratifying, Dan, and a bit surprising to me at least that they're, they're doing quite well. They're both in the top 10 of two Amazon book categories, and they continue to be very well received, so I'm humbled and gratified by that. They are good books. They are, I think I told you after reading Burning Ground, for me it was a page turner, and the same was true when I was able to get to Fatal Ground. I read it in several sittings, which I didn't do with Burning Ground. I read that pretty much straight through in, in two weekends, but I had to keep coming back to Fatal Ground because of my busy schedule. But time, as I mentioned, is a factor. It's a major character, I suppose you could say, in your books. These are time travel books. Where did you come up with that idea of sending a character 100 years into the past? Well, I had the story of Burning Ground in my mind based on my own contemporary experiences in Yellowstone as a tour guide, and I was toying with the idea of how could I take a reader and place him or her into the actual historical setting of the era when Yellowstone was just recently being explored and eventually set aside as a national park. I coupled that with my friendship with a Crow Indian, Redfield, who is one of the characters in both novels, and I imagined a young man going on a vision quest and having a spiritual awakening or experience where he is transported back in time. This allowed me to place the reader in the historical setting of the Yellowstone region, and frankly, not explaining to the reader, you can imagine that actually happening if you just use your imagination a little bit. So that's how I did it. Yeah, and I guess writers use the term suspension of disbelief, whether or not you believe time travel is possible. This is fiction, and so Graham Davidson does go back in time. In the first book, he goes back to 1871. In the second book, he goes back about a year later and meets up with the, some of the same people he encountered and had a relationship with in the first book. In fact, some of these characters, I would assume, are going to appear in the third book as well. And there's some real historic people as well. The members of the Hayden Expedition in Burning Ground, um, surveying the land that was to become Yellowstone Park. And in Fatal Ground, a lot of U.S. military officers, some of them Civil War veterans, including Custer, also Indian agents, civilian shopkeepers, entrepreneurs, business people, real people. And you have photographs of some of these people in the book. This is true historical fiction. You were weaving fact and fiction together quite deftly, I would say, and in a very interesting and believable way. Well, thank you. And in fact, Dan, that was one of my goals. To some folks, history is just dates and places and facts and and of course it is but i really wanted the reader to experience vicariously through the story the real people imagining as if they were there and so i take a great deal of pride if i may say so in the historical accuracy even though clearly time travel is as near as we understand it here today in 2022 2023 not possible i take a great deal of pride in saying the people that the protagonist graham meets when in his time travels are based on my research based on real personalities real people doing actual things on the dates in which they occurred and that was my goal to really blend the two so that you imagine you lost yourself in the 
moment in history in which I am portraying it. I like history. I don't read a lot of history. But to me, they were believable stories, or they are believable stories. And again, if you accept the premise that you can travel, that this character can travel a hundred years into the past. Now, you mentioned research. We'll get to that in a minute. But for folks who are wondering, what the heck's going? What are we talking about here? Can you, without giving it all away, can you summarize Fatal Ground for us, the story? Certainly. Well, picking up where Burning Ground left off, let's say with Graham Davidson, the protagonist, a young man in the 1970s, going back to the Yellowstone region from 1972 back to 1872, the year in which the Yellowstone was named the world's first national park. And he meets up with some of the same people that he had established relationships with. And Fatal Ground takes place historically in that region between 1872 and 1876, in northern Wyoming and southern Montana. And let's say without going into he actually is engaged with and is involved with real events from both the white settlers and miners and military in the region as well as several Indian tribes, the Crow and the Sioux in particular. And without giving away what happens, 1876 is a key date because in June of that year is the Battle of the Little Bighorn and Graham finds himself near the end of Fatal Ground in that engagement. Yes, he does. And, of course, we all know how that turned out. It didn't turn out well for Custer and his whole 7th Cavalry, at least the group that was with him. Now, David, we mentioned that you researched these books extensively, and in your notes you mentioned that one source said that there are over a thousand books written on the Battle of the Little Bighorn, on Custer's last stand, so to speak. How did you choose what to include and what to leave out? And, you know, how did you trace that thread of history, leaving out all the stuff you didn't need or didn't want? Yeah, well, actually, that was a big decision because that battle is so well researched and right down to every movement by every element of those battles. And so what I wanted to make clear to the reader is, look, this is not an exhaustive, another Custer story. There are tomes and very detailed uh, assessments of what happened and why and what, you know, what occurred. That was not my goal. So what I did, though, is... and. You can imagine, I wanted my protagonist to be engaged, but of course, he could not be literally with Custer because all of Custer's regiment were killed by the Sioux. But there were two other battalions, Captain Reno and Captain Benteen, and so I placed the protagonist, I focused on Captain Reno's, or Major Reno, rather, movement, because some of those were killed, but not all of them, so... <laughs> That allowed me the liberty of saying he was in danger and there was a lot of action going on, but he was not literally with George Armstrong Custer. So I focused on just that element of that, that engagement. Well, I would like to continue this conversation, but we've got to take a break here. Will you stand by and uh, come back and talk to us again after a minute or so? Yes, I will, Dan. I'm talking with D.A. Galloway, the author of two books in the Frontier Time Traveler series, Burning Ground was the first book. Fatal Ground is his latest, and we will continue this conversation right after this. I'm Dan Small. You're listening to Outdoors Radio. 
Listen to more Outdoors Radio online at dancemalloutdoors.com. Welcome back to your source for the latest hunting and fishing information. Outdoors Radio with Dan Small. Welcome back to Outdoors Radio. I'm Dan Small. I've been talking with D.A. Galloway. He's the author of two novels in the Frontier Time Travelers series, Burning Ground and Fatal Ground. And we've been asking him about his research on these two books and uh, working history into fiction or fiction into history. I'm not sure which comes first there. But, David, the Indian folks in the story, there are some real people there. Longhorse, in particular, was the father of two young warriors, one in the first story and both in the second story and the adoptive father of Makawi, the protagonist's love interest and wife in the second story, he was a real character, a real person. Yes, he was. As in many of the uh, tribes, and the crow being no different, I plucked a actual character, Longhorse, from history. He practiced polygamy, not uncommon among those tribal members, and so he had quite a few uh, family members, and I actually chose two of those sons of his to be active participants in the story that I told. How easy or how difficult was it to research the customs of the Crow people in particular? I know there are photos from those days and there are descriptions of teepees and cooking utensils and things like that, but was it relatively easy to find that information? Well, those resources are more limited than some of the other people in that time period, but I did find a very interesting resource that actually uh, helped a lot because I found the reports and letters that were written by Indian agents that explained a lot of what was happening on the Crow Indian Agency on Mission Creek, and then the Crow Agency moved three times before its current location. So just reading those letters, the actual typewritten reports about what happened, because they actually interacted with those Crow Indians daily. And so embedded in those letters, I got a sense of the kind of customs, their livelihood on the agency and how they spent their time doing things. And so it was very educational and allowed me to then extrapolate and put those things actually in, into my story. So some of their daily life, their society, their customs and marriage and burial and things like that, that's all stuff that you glean from those notes from the agents. I did, and it was very educational because these are outside observers noticing these things and then documenting them. And there were a number of references where they basically talked about their burial customs and their marriage tradition. Those were very important because there was life, there was marriage, and there was death in any society. All of those happened in fatal ground. Now, you pay close attention to the customs of the Crow people, and you have an affinity with them, I guess partly because of your own experience with your friend Redfield, who was a real person in your early life. That's correct. When I was a teen, Redfield had an outsized influence on my life because he became a mentor to me. And imagine how impressionable we all are at 15 and 16. He spent a lot of time with me 
and I learned a tremendous amount from him. And back in those years, I didn't realize it at the time, but he was planting a seed for the story in which he is one of the characters. Yes, I really respected and admired that man for his wisdom and uh, his way of thinking. And, you know, I'm a few years older than you, but I grew up at a time when the Wild West and uh, Davy Crockett and Cowboys and Indians, that was part of our lifestyle. I, I know a lot of teenagers uh, of my generation who would have been, just been tremendously overjoyed if they had had the kind of experience that you did, actually meeting a real-life Indian person and learning customs from somebody firsthand. That must have been something. It certainly was. And if I may say so, he was not perfect. As wise as he was, in reality, he was also an alcoholic. I saw glimpses of that. So he had flaws, just like all of us do, but I chose to look beyond those because he had so many positive things he could share when he was not gripped by that disease. And you did portray that in the book as well. David, you portray the Crow people and their customs in great detail, but not the Sioux. They're just the enemy out there who attack occasionally and who are attacked, you know, in revenge. Is there a reason for that? And it's a simple reason. The protagonist is married into the Crow people, and I chose to see the Sioux through the eyes of the Crow. Uh -huh. And to the Crow, the Sioux were truly the enemy. Mm -hmm. Had I chosen another time, another story, another place, it was not my intent to minimize the Sioux and them as a people, I portrayed them through the eyes of the crow, and they were bitter enemies. Got it. And had you written another story, and maybe you will, someone like Sitting Bull or Crazy Horse might be described in detail the way you describe the customs of the crow people. Book three is coming up. You might ask me about that. And I'll just proactively say the Sioux, ironically, are going to take on a very different role in the third book in the series. Good. I was going to ask you about that. So what can you tell us about Bitter Ground? Well, Fatal Ground, the book, ends in the fall of 1876, but Graham Davidson and Makawee, their family life continues, and they choose to move from the Yellowstone region into the Idaho and Eastern Oregon region because ignorantly and naively they want to get away from all this terrible death and war that's happening between the Crow and the Sioux. And so they decide to align themselves with the Nez Perce in Eastern Oregon and Idaho territory to get away from the wars that they had experienced recently in the Montana area. But, of course, what they don't realize is, and maybe it's not as famous, but there is the flight of the Nez Perce where they are tracked for many months through Idaho into Yellowstone up into Montana and chased by the military to try to force them onto a reservation. And Makawee and Graham will be with the Nez Perce. Uh-huh. Okay. Well, maybe you won't answer this question, but will Graham return to the 20th century? I will not answer that question. <laughs> okay. Will there be a book four, do you think? 
Yes, I will. I already have it uh, in my mind. I know what's going to happen, but that's all I'll say at this point. Yeah, all right. Well, and I asked you uh, last time we talked, how about a movie or a TV series? Well, isn't that something? I have a lot of fans on Facebook who comment and wonder about that. And I, I, I will tell you, I, I don't know what will transpire, but I can tell you I was invited. My publicist asked me if I'd like to participate via a printed published synopsis of the book at the Berlin Film Festival in February, where a lot of movie producers and folks are, are looking for ideas for movies from books that are already written, and so they're suggesting that Burning Ground might be a potential movie idea for them, but I, I'm realistic. The chances of that happening are quite slim, but uh, I'll at least be represented there and at the Berlin Film Festival. Well, and the American West was very popular in Europe when I was over there years ago, and I would imagine still is. I mean, we all remember the spaghetti westerns from uh, the Italian yeah. producers. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. About 10% of my readership is European, so it's not just North American. All right. Well, maybe we'll see a movie in the future. We will see, won't we? Yeah. Well, I'm certainly looking forward to book three and now eventually book four. I won't ask you beyond that. I have some ideas, too. I think I've already shared uh, one. I'd like to see Graham Davidson with Teddy Roosevelt, but I, you know, I've thrown it out there. So <laughs> whatever you do with it is, it's your, it's, it's your story, man. And it's a great story. So, and where can folks get your books? It is available not exclusively on Amazon, but that's the easiest place you'll find it. It's available in both paperback and on Kindle, and it's available as an audio. And your website, if people want to learn more about you and the books? com. All right, David, thank you so much, and again, Happy New Year to you. And folks, if you are looking for uh, something to read this winter, boy, I, I can't recommend it more highly. These two books, Fatal Ground and Burning Ground, the, the first one. Thanks so much, and uh, we'll keep in touch with you. Thank you, Dan. It's my pleasure. David Galloway, author of the Frontier Time Traveler series, and you can learn more on his website, dagalloway.com. I'm Dan Small. You are listening to Outdoors Radio. David Galloway, author of the Frontier Time Traveler series, and you can learn more on his website, dagalloway.com. I'm Dan Small. More Outdoors Radio right after this. Have more success on the ice with the LiveScope Plus Ice Fishing Bundle LI from Garmin. Drill fewer holes, catch more fish. This portable live sonar bundle comes with the LiveScope Plus system, EchoMap UHD 93SV display, and a lithium battery. All packaged in a case, making hole hopping a breeze. LiveScope Plus helps you find more fish with improved resolution, reduced noise, clearer images, and better target separation. Fill your freezer with fillets with help from Garmin. Visit Garmin.com or shop your local Garmin dealer today. Sun, 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 fun, fun, fun. Boaters, this is your show, the Milwaukee Boat Show at State Fair Park. Over 300 boats, family runabouts, ski and surf boats, luxury pontoons and fishing boats, more Lake Michigan boats than ever. Tierra, Beneteau, Cruisers, Sea Ray, Formula, Brady White, Boston Whaler, and more. We have the boats. See Twiggy the Water Skiing Squirrel the second weekend. Check MilwaukeeBoatShow.com, January 20 through 29, close Monday and Tuesday. 
Since our inception, Huntworth has worked relentlessly to incorporate innovative technologies and forward-thinking design into affordable camouflage apparel. Our gear, designed with the disruption camo pattern, utilizes computer-generated graphics featuring a high level of random and abstract visual noise to help you remain undetected in the environment. So whether you need the latest in hunting gear technology or clothing that just simply fits your lifestyle, Huntworth Gear is what you're looking for. HuntworthGear.com. That's HuntworthGear.com. Clam Outdoors has what ice anglers need for ice fishing this winter. From portable fish traps and pop-up hub shelters to ice armor by Clam Outerwear and cold weather gear to stay warm on those cold winter days. Along with a wide array of accessories, Clam Pro Tackle, Frost Ice Line, Rods, Reels, and Combos, and so much more. Whether you're a hardcore or casual ice angler, Clam has what you need for ice fishing. Check out the full line of ice fishing gear at ClamOutdoors.com. Welcome back to Outdoors Radio with Dan Small. Welcome back to Outdoors Radio. I'm Dan Small. The Milwaukee Boat Show is coming to the Wisconsin Exposition Center at State Fair Park starting January 20th. Tickets and information are available online at milwaukeeboatshow.com. And joining us now to tell us all about this year's boat show is show producer Henry Boucher. Henry, thanks for joining us again, and Happy New Year to you. Well, Happy New Year to you. It's always great to join you and all of your guests. It's wintertime, which means it's the show season, and me and my team are uh, gearing up for having a you know great set of shows, and the Milwaukee Boat Show is uh, one of our diamonds. Yes, it is, and it's a long-running show. Boy, I I don't know what year this is. I think it's about 50 years. Okay. <laughs> the, yeah, we used to do the boat show downtown at Mecca. Yeah. You know, and then it went into the Wisconsin Center and Airline Center and, and so forth, and then we merged it with a show that, that was done at State Fair Park before the really nice building we're in right now was built. And so it's all come together. So it's Wisconsin's largest boat show. It attracts the best dealers, especially in southeast Wisconsin. I, as producer of the show, I spend the whole year working with uh, uh, these dealers and which boats they're going to bring in. And we have over 75 or 80 different brands of boats that will be at the show and if you're a boater, you know there's so many different usages for boats that this is just a great opportunity to see whether it's a fishing boat, offshore fishing boat, motor yacht, cruiser, pontoon boat, center console, personal watercraft, ski boat, wakeboard boat. It goes on and on. Everybody tries to get a boat that will do everything for them and their family. And after they've had a boat for a couple of years, they all start figuring out, oh, okay, this is how we really use it. And so this is your chance. You, know, you see these boats on the water all year long, and you kind of wonder, what are they all about? What kind of room do they have? Storage, dry storage, accessories. What do they have down below? And so forth. And, you know, the quality of the material. Well, this is your chance to board almost 400 different boats and check them out. And, uh, you know, in the comfort of the uh, the Expo Center, you check your coat and spend two, three hours just checking out boats. 
Yeah, and that's the part that I've always enjoyed. Uh, actually, some of the larger boats walking through them and the pontoons, which are amazing. Now, they're not your grandfather's pontoon boat anymore. And just seeing what features there are, I get a fishing boat from Cedar Lake Sales every year, one of your major exhibitors there, and I get a crest liner, and I always like to see what what's new, because they always do, they tweak it, you know, they add a little compartment, or they change the storage, or they do something that's an improvement on last year's model. The pandemic has had a lot of different effects, and obviously it wrecked the supply chain and people have had trouble getting boats, but what the manufacturers did over that time is their engineers kept working. And so there's a lot of significant tweaks that have come out. And as I'm putting together this show this year, we're getting a lot of very incredible boats. There's electric boats out there. Sea-Doo has come up with a jet-propelled pontoon boat called the Switch, that people will be able to see that at the show. All kinds of different things have been brought in, and you can wisely shop for a boat, because uh, rather than going all over the state and visiting different dealers and you get a question, then you got to drive you know, 50 miles to the other guy to ask that question. Here you can walk aisle to aisle, back and forth, and ask all of those questions. And these dealers are geared up. They like to sell the boats at the boat show because then they know what they have to, to move along and deliver. They can set their schedule a lot better. This is the best opportunity. And what I set our website up to help with this, if you go to the MilwaukeeBoatShow.com, there's a, you can click on the boat line list. And we list all of the brands and all of the dealers. And every one of them is highlighted. You can click on and it's linked to their manufacturer's website. And so if you think, okay, I'm looking for an open bow runabout, you can go to the website in advance and look at the different open bow runabouts that you'll be able to see at the show, do a little research, and so when you come in the front door, you're not just starting out. You have you know, a list of four or five manufacturers that you want to go see, and you know the dealer that has them, and you have a floor plan in front of you and how to find the dealer, and it just makes it a lot easier. It's a lot like savvy shopping for a car these days. Right, and that's why they have auto shows. And yeah. That's why they have RV shows. The manufacturers know they're going to be standing aisle to aisle with their competition, but they're never going to be able to bring in that many shoppers into their own dealerships as a show can bring in. And they know the shopper can make an educated decision at a show because everything's in front of them. The dealers bring in special finance, and there's a lot of rebates and so forth. So, yeah, this show is all about checking out those boats, if you love boats, but it's also about shopping for a boat. I've been producing boat shows for 34 years, and I still get very excited every year to see what's new. And there's always something new. But what if I'm not in the market for a boat? Uh, what is there for somebody who just wants to get out of the cold for a few days? Other things that boaters shop for, we have the tubers truckload sale where HO Sports brings in every tube that they make and wakeboards and paddle boards, flotation and so forth, and they promise best prices of the year and you can check out everything they make. No dealer can afford the space at their dealership to inflate every tube that's out there. And no. so 
<laughs> you know, whether you've got a 14-foot pillar drive or a motor yacht, you drag your grandkids around in tubes. Everybody can buy a tube or a paddleboard. Uh, there's kayaks and so forth. And then the people that have lakefront property, obviously a lot of boat owners do, there's eight different manufacturers of boat lifts and dock systems that you can shop. And there's all kinds of different variations on boat lifts and dock systems. And I think we have three different companies coming in that are lakefront landscapers. So if you want a dock system that integrates into your your lakescape and so forth, they'll work with you on that. And obviously, that's a special kind of landscaper. Meeting up with them at the show is another thing that can be done. Whether you need a new boat or not, if you're involved in the boater's lifestyle, whether you're you know, wakeboarding or tubing or fishing or whatever, the equipment is there and everything about boats and boat owning. And you've got special features for the kids as well. I see that one long-time exhibit is back. That's Twiggy the Water Skiing Squirrel. Yeah, that's kind of an amazing act. Thirty years ago, the family that performs this and trains the skiing squirrels came up with this, and everybody just thought, okay, we'll giggle about it for one year. But here we are, 30-some years later. <laughs> it attracts the crowd. It's intriguing. It's very family-friendly because they talk about voter safety. It's just cute, and it gets a lot of attention. And so if we don't bring Twiggy back sometimes, we get people coming to the show office disappointed. Where's Twiggy? So we keep it running. Also, for people that have been around boating a long time, they like to look at the Antiguan Classic Boats and the Glacier Lakes chapter of the Antique, the National Antique and Classic Boat Society has been working with us for years. They bring in six or seven of their classics that have been restored, and they can talk about boats and the transition of boats over the years. Very knowledgeable people, friendly. They're always there having a good time. And you can go over and, and look at the antique and classic boats. So, of course, they're back. And then the display of Wisconsin scale boats. These are smaller boats that can be floated and remote controlled on ponds. And they're wonderful people to visit as well. We try to cover every aspect of boating and make it just a really pleasant experience and a great opportunity to shop. I'll tell you. We missed one year because of the pandemic. When we opened up the show last year, what my staff and everybody noticed was we were seeing a lot of smiles. You know, to see a lot of people come in the door smiling. We hadn't seen that for a couple of years, uh -huh. crowds and smiling. It's great to be mostly back. And the people have been disappointed in not getting a boat that could be delivered the last few years because of the supply chain problems. Those boats are back, and we've got the boats. These dealers have them. And so you're not going to come down and be disappointed that you you know, were too late and missed out. You don't want to wait too long, but the boats are in stock now. Yes, then they will be there for folks to see. Well, Henry, before we let you go, we are going to give away four packs of tickets, and we will tell people, I mentioned it at the beginning of the show, we'll tell people at the end exactly how they can do that. But what are the dates and the hours, once again, and the website? Okay, we open up Friday, January 20 at noon, and go through that weekend, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And then on Monday and Tuesday, we close and give everybody a break. We open up again on Wednesday, January 25th for our second weekend. So then Wednesday through Sunday, 
the 29th. So it's basically January 20 to 29. All the hours are on the website. A lot of information on the website about details of the boats and the dealers and shows the floor plans. And you can buy tickets online in advance. We don't charge any ticketing fees. We just hope a lot of people join us. It's a wonderful place to be in the middle of January. Absolutely. Well, Henry, thanks so much for sharing all this information and getting our uh, blood uh, warmed up a little bit, thinking about boats and the open water season. And we hope you have a wonderful show. And next week, we'll be talking with probably with Alan Bell of Cedar Lake Sales and see what he's got in store. So thank you so much. You bet. Henry Boucher, producer of the Milwaukee Boat Show, coming to the Wisconsin Exposition Center at State Fair Park starting January 20th. Tickets and information, as he mentioned, online at milwaukeeboatshow.com. I'm Dan Small. You are listening to Outdoors Radio. Here's a message from our friends at Remy Battery in Milwaukee, Escanaba, and Houghton. We at Remy Battery Company want to thank all of our customers and friends we have made over the past 90-plus years and your continued support of our local, family-owned company. Stop in and see the expertise of over nine decades of battery knowledge and customer service. Let us take care of the batteries for all of your needs, from power tools to sump pumps and ATVs to hunting decoys, even down to the smallest hearing aids. Big and small, we have them all. Stop in for a free battery and electrical check before you hit the road, trails, or waters. Don't forget to ask your sales representatives about volume pricing. Call Remy at 414-384-0340 or visit online at remybattery.com for all your battery and battery accessory needs. Enjoy the ultimate shooting experience at the Range of Richfield, your one-stop shop for all shooters. Just north of the Richfield Cabela's store on Helson Drive, the Range of Richfield offers 12 state-of-the-art 25-yard indoor shooting lanes for all pistol and common rifle loads. Classes in home defense, basic handgun and concealed carry, a retail shop, trophy mount display, and more in a welcoming, family-friendly setting. Open daily except Monday to the public and members. Your ultimate shooting experience, therangewi.com. Since our inception, Huntworth has worked relentlessly to incorporate innovative technologies and forward-thinking design into affordable camouflage apparel. Our gear, designed with the Disruption Camo Pattern, utilizes computer-generated graphics featuring a high level of random and abstract visual noise to help you remain undetected in the environment. So whether you need the latest in hunting gear technology or clothing that just simply fits your lifestyle, Huntworth Gear is what you're looking for. HuntworthGear.com. That's HuntworthGear.com. The Midwest's largest fishing website, lake-link.com, is your online fishing resource. 90% of Lake Link's features are yours to use free of charge. And members get access to Lake Link's online lake map library, lets you get GPS coordinates of any spot on the lake, and export waypoints to your onboard electronics. Members also get free outdoor classified ads, discounts on online store merchandise, and a whole lot more. You can also listen to Outdoors Radio 24-7 on Lake Link. Listen to this week's show... Catch any of our past shows, subscribe to our podcast, or even sign up for our weekly e-newsletter so you'll know in advance what's coming up right here. Just type in the keyword radio. See what you've been missing. Log on to lake-link.com today. That's lake-link.com. Welcome back to your source for the latest hunting and fishing information. Outdoors Radio with Dan Small. Welcome back to Outdoors Radio. I'm Jeff Kelm. 
We're brought to you by Cedar Lake Sales on Highway 33 West in West Bend on the web at cedarlakesales.com. Cedar Lake Sales, getting ready for the Milwaukee Boat Show. You can check out their website and Facebook page, and, of course, visit them at the Boat Show uh, coming up. We're also brought to you by Ducks Unlimited. Find out more about their upcoming D-U-X-P-O, DUX Expo at D- DuckExpo.com. That's DuckExpo.com. Yeah, I'm not sure what that D-U-X is all about. I'll have to check that out for next week. Well, it would week. be Ducks, right? I'm, it would be it, D-U-X would be Ducks, right? I think it's, it's a play. D- I, it, yeah. yeah, it is. I think it's D-U-X for Ducks Expo or D-U-X-Po. Anyway, DuckExpo.com, <laughs> as Jeff said. If our TV show, Outdoor Wisconsin, is not airing where you live, you can watch it uh, uh, on MilwaukeePBS.org. And last year's Deer Hunt Wisconsin show is archived on the Deer Hunt Wisconsin YouTube channel. Uh, Dan and I are all over the Internet. If you want to download this radio show and take it with you wherever you want to go listen to us, you can go to lake uh, link.com. Go to the Outdoor Radio page. You'll find that right down at the bottom of their, their website. And uh, you can download this show and past shows up to uh, about a year ago. And then uh, you can follow Dan and I throughout the week on social media. Find Dan at Dan Small Outdoors and find me at Hardwater Jeff. Several calendar items this week. The early inland stream catch-and-release trout season opens this weekend. You'll need a fishing license and an inland trout stamp. Or the equivalent, if you buy the patron card, you've got that all covered. Details on the DNR website. And if you're looking for something to do in the evening this winter, there's a series of candlelight events at state parks and natural areas. There's hikes, snowshoe, and ski outings, even fat bike events. That might be something Robert would enjoy, Jeff. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, they start this Saturday, uh, January 7th, at Rib Mountain State Park. And there are events every weekend through the end of February. Details, again, on the DNR website. Just click on the events calendar. And speaking of events, next weekend, January 14 through 15, is the 36th annual Bald Eagle Watching Days event at the Overlook on Water Street in Prairie du Sac. And there's a lot going on that day, that whole weekend. Details on the DNR website under the keywords Eagle Watch. And by the way, for the first time in more than 80 years, there are actually active eagle nests in all 72 Wisconsin counties. Hard to believe. That's awesome. It certainly is. And I think we'll leave the other items for next week. Our theme music is by Warren Nelson. You can hear more of his tunes at warrennelson.com. I'm Dan Small here with Jeff Kelm. Get outside this weekend and be sure to join us again next week for Outdoors Radio. Just that needle valve now. Let's get to the perfect speed. Oh, how I love leaving the shore behind. When the cool night swallows the moose's nose and the heron is fishing on one cold leg when the loon cries lover in the blue north wind I'll be trolling home to you when my wrist gets a little chilly on the gunnel when
my lazy Ike is just too lazy to lure. When the worms go dry in the coffee can, honey. 